1: Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome in to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's Anthony Pagnotta with you guys as always, and today we are joined by Devin Jackson, a writer and contributor for Blue Chip Scouting, uh, the Downtown Sports Network, as well as Steeler Depot. He's a guy that is locked in on the NFL Draft. And uh, we're here to talk to them about uh, some Tar guys that are going to be getting drafted in this upcoming draft. Uh, this is the first time in a while where uh, Carolina has felt really good about it, their chances to put a pretty decent amount of guys into the draft. And today we're going to go through uh, some of those guys. And first of all, Devin, I uh, want to start by asking you how are you doing uh, with everything that's been going on with COVID-19? Is your family staying healthy and safe during this time?
0: Yeah, yeah, they are staying uh, safe and healthy at this time. Um, And, you know, just taking it day by day, really. You know, it's a virus. We're almost nearing a year since everything has been shut down. So, at this point, just trying to, you know, continue to stay positive, take it one day at a time. And, you know, hopefully um, within the next few months, maybe by the summer, uh, and and maybe by the end of the summer, we'll kind of get back to normalcy and, and be able to, like, do things like going to games and uh, you know going out in public and, and whatnot. So hopefully we're starting to get back to that point. But uh, yeah, everyone and my family staying safe and healthy. Uh, I'm I'm doing so as well. So uh, thanks for having me on today. I'm, I'm definitely excited to talk some North Carolina uh, prospects, especially for this 2021 NFL draft.
1: Yeah, well, that's great to hear, man. And we're excited to have you on, too. Uh, Carolina's got some guys that uh, I think are going to be able uh, to make some impacts uh, at the NFL level and probably do it pretty soon as well. You know, two guys were down at the Senior Bowl this past week. Uh, I'll ask you first about the guy that I think most people think is going to go a little bit higher on draft boards uh, than probably just about any other prospect. Uh, He didn't really have the greatest week down there, um, only Participated in two practices and then unfortunately was out for the final practice. Did not play in the game either due to tweaking something uh, in one of his legs, is what we uh, what the report said. But you know, what is your thought on on Chaz Surratt? I think he's a really interesting prospect because I think there are some limitations with him, um, but I think that's something that is kind of expected for a guy that came over from the offensive side of the ball and really just had a ton of success at Carolina, playing off of instincts in his two seasons there
0: yeah he's definitely one of the more interesting prospects in this draft class uh simply because he he's a former quarterback that's now playing linebacker so first thing that you know stands out to him when you look at him on tape uh is his instincts you know he, he plays with incredible instincts and, and someone that kind of understands what the offense is doing in terms of schemes uh in terms of route combinations and uh, just being able to read the play. So, uh, for him, it definitely stands out that he's able to be one of those instinctual linebackers, uh, can kind of anticipate when things are coming. And, you know, just watching him, you know, from the beginning of the season to over the course of the season, uh, he continued to get comfortable. Because, uh, like we said, he's only been playing linebacker for, uh, I believe, this is only his second season playing linebacker. So, uh, it's definitely been interesting to see him kind of grow as a player because obviously, you know, the athleticism is there. You know, he is a has the ability to diagnose screens and uh, use his speed uh, to sniff out plays. So, you know, he's someone that I think will probably be a, a high draft pick, like you said. Um, I'm thinking probably on, in that second, third round era, uh, area especially. And the thing that's, it, like I said, exciting about him is that he is still a relatively young player for the position. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, you, you got, he's in the mix with guys like Micah Parsons, Jeremiah Ousiko, Korma from Notre Dame, Zayvon Collins, uh, Nick Bolton. So he, he's in kind of in that mix, but I think, you know, obviously when you're taking him, you're taking a, a player that, you know, still has a lot to grow. And the NFL likes those type of players that, you know, has a lot of upside, and, and he definitely does. You know, um, his coverage, I think, Compared to some of the other linebackers in this class, is is up there, you know, with, with some of the best. So I think he's a really talented player. I think you know he'll uh, continue to grow, you know, in the position and and someone that uh, you know teams will definitely want on this team, especially in the second round.
1: Well, one of the guys that shined down in Mobile was Michael Carter. You know, this is a guy that really in his time at Carolina, you could see the growth year in and year out from him. And I think that Javante Williams is the guy that's going to get a lot of talk in this draft when you talk about Tar Heel running backs, and it's definitely justified. Javante uh, is probably one of the more complete backs that there, you know, there is in this draft class. But when you look at Michael Carter, how much do you think he helped himself with his performance down in Mobile this past week?
0: I think he continued to solidify that he's uh, one of the premier running backs in this class. Uh, he showcase his ability to have that patience in the hole uh, able to pass protect I think that's one of his biggest traits that kind of separates him even from his own teammate Javante Williams while Williams is kind of the the more powerful uh, you know kind of explosive and and makes those wild plays Michael Carter is just a consistent back on the down-to-down basis you know he's someone that uh, he makes quick decisive decisions in in the hole when he's running the ball and you know in the senior bowl game he had a a couple of nice runs where he showcased that patience and sudden acceleration so with Michael Carter uh, for me personally I think he's more my favorite back compared to the two guys both Mm -hmm. of them are really talented and I think due to kind of his size and um, you know like I said power and whatnot I think Javante Williams may go a little bit earlier than Michael Carter but in terms of uh uh, as a complete back, I think Michael Carr has it all, you know, patience to uh, make people miss at the first and second levels, uh, has the acceleration to to break off chunk runs. So he's someone that I think uh, in this draft class he, he's, like I say he's one of the more complete backs and, you know, he's someone that I think will continue to grow for an NFL team. And I think, you know, Michael Carter like I said, will be, he will be someone I think will probably be in that third fourth round area because Mm -hmm. kind of his size and and kind of his ability uh you know as a running back but he's he's someone that could definitely be a steal for for a team that's looking to contend right now
1: when you talk about javante williams where do you think he stacks up with some of those top running backs in this draft class? Because I feel like he's sort of entering that conversation of a guy that could be somewhere in those first two rounds, could be the third, fourth running back off the board. Is that kind of where you see him as well?
0: Yeah, he's, he's up there right now. I think he's, he's in that third and fourth area of, of the running back class. he got guys like Travis Etienne, and Najee Harris. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, who opted out of the season from Memphis. Um, But he's he's definitely in the mix of those guys, and I think he can certainly go somewhere in that second-round area. Uh, Really, I think the running backs in in this draft class are really talented, and they're all probably going to go starting probably late first-round, early second-round area. So I would not be surprised if Javante ended up even being the, the second or third running back off. The board—it just really depends on scheme fit and whatnot. And he kind of has the ability to, to fit across all the schemes. Like while, you know he, like I talked about earlier, he, he possesses a, a powerful running style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with elite athleticism, and you know his speed—I think will kind of be off the charts in terms of when it's time for a pro day and, and whatnot. And I think he'll test really well. And, you know, Teens want a running back that not only can, you know, has the speed and power, but he also provides uh, the ability to receive out of the backfield. And I think that's what starts to separate some of these top running backs. How much are they um, going to bring to the table in terms of the passing game? And, and Williams definitely brings that outside. And uh, someone that I was impressed with on tape. And when, whenever you throw on a North Carolina game, you see him at least once or twice a game either absolutely uh, run over somebody or making a lead block to Michael Carter so you can kind of tell they those two relationships you know you can tell it was strong over the course of the season mm-hmm. and they're two guys that definitely will be playing on Sundays even even next year they'll definitely be a rotation to uh, make some noise next year in the NFL.
1: Well, they'll be able to make some noise, and it feels like the Tar Heels have two wide receivers in this draft that may be able to make some noise if they land in the right systems. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird. Both guys are kind of all over the board right now, but I think the one that most people see going forward First is Daz Newsom, the slot receiver, uh, really successful career at Carolina. Believe it or not, one of the most uh, successful careers of any Tar Heel wide receiver, up there with Hakeem Nicks, Ryan Switzer, in in, in those respects uh, for his career numbers. Uh, you know, I, I, he didn't get invited to the Senior Bowl. I thought that uh, you know he definitely would have had a really good chance to show out there. Um, but, again, you know, I think that this is uh, another loaded wide receiver class that it always seems to be when it comes to the NFL draft. Where do you think that Daz Newsom sort of stacks up, and do you think that his special teams ability maybe helps him out a little bit with his chances to get drafted a little bit higher? Yeah, so with
0: Newsome, um, you know, he, he's one of those guys that, you know, Due to kind of what the position he played in, in college, uh, he played a lot of slot receiver, uh, which will translate nicely to NFL. I think his stock will kind of be lower and ultimately uh, than we think it will be, uh, simply because, like I said, he, he played majority of slot, um, and th- I think there is some ability with some uh, scheme fits, uh, depending on what team picks him up, uh, that he can play an outside receiver as well. Um, but yeah like you said you know with this special team's ability and his speed i think those are two things that will definitely help them see playing time immediately um in, in terms of nFL team because you know with players that aren't necessarily like virus receiver one or two on the team or, or playing those outside receivers you know they'll be asked sometimes to contribute on special teams and you know using his speed you know whether as a returner uh as a gunner as someone on, on maybe kickoff, uh, on the kickoff team, I think that will definitely help him out in terms of getting on the field early. But, you know, him as a player, I, I think he's very impressive on film. The mm-hmm. um, think just due to the, how explosive North Carolina's offense was, he kind of got lost in the shuffle. Some games like the, the Brown, who we'll talk about, I'm sure in just a moment, mm-hmm. um, as well as the two running backs, you know, it was a, a crowded room of production. All those guys produce game in and game out. So for him, you know, when he did get the chance to put the ball in his hands, you could see the electrifying ability, uh, the ability to change pace at the top of his routes. Uh, he's a, a, a natural hand catcher and someone I think will develop a, a larger route tree when he gets to the NFL because, you know, we're going to use him on a lot of jet sweeps, outs, and whatnot. And I think, you know, he has the ability to expand that route tree, you know, not only run those short routes, but, you know, run – run those intermediate and long routes as well. So I think he'll be extremely valuable at the next level now on special teams, but uh, as a slot receiver, and a team is going to be really happy with what he brings to the table and his skill set.
1: I think, uh, you know, another guy that teams are going to be really excited with what he brings to the table. It might take him a little bit of time when he originally gets uh, to the NFL level, but I really, really like the potential that Deami Brown showed in his final two years at Carolina. I thought he was extremely productive. He's one of the more interesting players, uh, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to just the offensive numbers and and really just the role that he had in Carolina's offense in his final two seasons. I feel like, you know, a lot of people really just look at him as a Threat, but this guy I think showed as a senior or uh, as a junior, excuse me, uh, that he was more than that. He could get the ball in his hands, do some things after the catch, and I think really showed that he can be a little bit of a more complete receiver uh, when it comes to the next level. You know, when you look at Diami Brown, where do you see him sort of fitting in in this wide receiver draft class? I mean, I think it's probably safe to say that he's a day three pick, but where do you see him fitting? And, and, and is there a spot maybe that you look at him going? Going maybe a team that you look at him going to where you think he could have a lot of success.
0: Yeah, with Deami Brown, I think you know his ability to to stretch the field vertically is something that jumps off the page at first. But there are little nuances in this game that show the ability not to only be run those vertical routes, but you know run those deep ends, those deep outs, and whatnot. Because he shows the ability to uh, kind of create a little separation at the top of routes with, you know, subtle head movements and, um, you know, subtle, you know, kind of jab steps and whatnot during his route. So with DeAndre Brown, I think he's someone that um, will – I think maybe he will go earlier than day three, and obviously I think testing will be Hmm. important, especially for both these receivers. But for him, I think he could fit into one of those teams, like – I could see kind of – the thing that will kind of scare me as an NFL fan is see him go to like somebody like the Chiefs or, you know, one of those high power offenses yeah. where he could kind of be that extra receiver or, you know, kind of the outside receiver that not only stretches the field vertically, but can, can do a little bit of everything, like kind of play a Sammy Rock Watkins role. That's kind of what I envision with him that, you know, he starts off as a deep threat for an NFL team, but, as he gets into camp and he learns more of the offense, he's able to expand his route tree and be a more uh, a player that affects the game not only uh, with the deep shots but over the middle of the field and, and getting the ball in his hand to lend him uh, make you know yards after a catch. So with him, I think he just has to continue to um, you know kind of expand his route running ability. Because all the potential there, you know, of the two guys, Daz Newsom and De'Ami Brown, I think Brown, you know, has the ideal size and speed to really uh, play not only, you know, outside the slot as well. So he he has a lot of uh, position versatility, um, you know, just making sure for him, you know, become a more consistent catcher at times too. I think that, you know, sometimes he is a body catcher, which allows, you know, for drops and whatnot. But in terms of just the overall player i think i'm um, thinking of teams like you know cheese saying someone that he can could come in not necessarily be the number one guy but be one of the options to develop you know not only the, the deep threat ability but someone that could be dependable on a down-to-down basis moving the chains um and, and just explosive with the ball in his hands so I'm, I'm excited for what he can bring to the table for nfl team i think you know both of the receivers are Going to be immediate contributors at the next level. Really, all of these guys are, are probably going to be immediate contributors in my mind. You know, Chaser going to need some uh, obviously development, but I think he can make an impact from day one. The two running backs, because they're solid in pass protection, I think they'll see the field earlier than, than some others would in, in terms of running backs. And then the two receivers, I'm, I'm just impressed with both of them and, and, and their, what they bring to the table for an NFL team. So, Hopefully we, we get to see these guys you know, make contribute contributions from day one, and they definitely have the time to do
1: so. That is Devin Jackson, writer and contributor for Blue Chip Sports Scouting, Downtown Sports Network, and Steeler Depot. Hey, man, thanks for joining us. Uh, that was fantastic. I really appreciate you stopping by with us uh, to talk about these draft prospects. I feel like, uh, yeah, this is the first time in a while that we've sat here heading into an NFL draft and said to ourselves, uh, we got some guys that are probably going to go relatively high on draft boards. And as you mentioned, there's a chance for uh, just about every one of these guys to contribute right away at the next level. They're going to be some really exciting guys to follow uh, on and the next step of their career whenever they get to the next level and whoever they land with. But uh, hey man, thanks for stopping by with us. You do a great job covering the NFL draft. Uh, everything uh, you know that that goes around with that, and uh, you know it's definitely been a, a weird you know last couple of years with the draft. Uh, still going to be strange not having the NFL Scouting Combine, but uh, it, it's still in a very exciting time of year, and we're glad that you're here uh, to carry us through. Where can uh, people check out your stuff uh, when it comes to the NFL draft? Yeah,
0: thank you so much, Anthony, for for having me on today. But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Jackson. A lot of my scouting work is at bluechipscouting.com um, under under our articles tab so you can find uh, a number of my work there and then uh, like you said I also do some draft profiles for Steelers Depot so uh, head over to steelersdepot.com uh, and check those out as well but thank you so much for having me on today Anthony. I love Talk NFL draft and uh, I'm definitely honored to, to come on and talk about these North
1: Carolina players. Yeah, thanks for stopping by with us, man. Uh, It's always great to be able to talk about uh, Carolina football with uh, some other guys that are you know, national guys when it comes to college football or even uh, when it comes to national recruiting or NFL draft stuff. It's always great to work you guys in, get a a little bit more of an unbiased opinion on these guys, but it's always great to hear the praise uh, for uh, the Tar Heel players. But yeah, take care, man. Uh, Enjoy the NFL draft. I know it's uh, probably going to be a little bit different than normal again this year Uh, but hopefully in the coming years we'll get back to normal and uh, be able to uh, get there in person but I really appreciate you stopping by with us and uh, we'll talk to you down the line buddy all right
0: all right thank you so much Uh, have have a good one and and enjoy uh, over the next couple months
1: man all right man that is Devin Jackson of Blue Chip Sports, uh, Blue Chip Scouting, excuse me, Downtown Sports Network, and the Steeler Depot stopping by with us to talk about the Toriel's NFL draft prospects. Of course, we're gonna have you covered. On the Heel Tough blog website, when it comes to the Tar Heels going into the NFL draft. Of course, had you covered with Michael Carter and Chad Surratt when they uh, went through Senior Bowl uh, week. Uh, Really impressive week for Michael Carter, as we mentioned with Chad Surratt. Uh, You know, had his moments where he looked good, had his moments where he got beat a couple of times, but I think that's just going to be uh, Chad Surratt's uh, journey through the next level. I think uh, he's going to be a guy that's probably going to take a little bit of time to develop, as Devin Jackson said, uh, because Because He's a guy that's only been playing the defensive side of the football for two years, but uh, we had you covered with that and we'll have you covered, of course, at the next step whenever they go through the NFL scouting combine, which is going to be different this year. Um, basically, it's going to be where these guys just work out. Their pro days are basically going to turn into the NFL draft is is what I'm, my understanding is. I could be wrong. Uh, it could be two separate workouts. I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work, um, but unfortunately, there is no big NFL scouting combine gathering in one spot like they normally do in Indianapolis this year, uh, so it, it is going to be a little bit different, but uh, Carolina, the, you know, the prospects, the five guys that they have those are the guys that are uh, even you know those are the ones attempting to get to the nfl level everybody else Uh, is either coming back or is moving on with their football careers, calling in a career after college. So uh, all five of those guys probably expected from all the mock drafts that I've seen to be drafted probably before the sixth round. So all these prospects in really, really good spots. Really just seems like they're probably going to be fighting for a chance to move up draft boards as we enter uh, that scouting combine portion uh, of their workouts and then of course we'll have you covered on draft day uh, or draft weekend I should say uh, April 29th through May 1st still a little bit of time until uh, we get to that but we'll have you covered uh, with that as well as a uh, ton of other stuff as we go through the, uh, the Tar Heel offseason of course uh, the Tar Heels are entering uh, into uh, you know, a little bit of downtime here before they get ready for spring ball, but we have we will have you covered. We've had you covered over the past couple of weeks uh, with everything that's been going on. Uh, great, you know, great couple of articles on the website. Of course, Larry Porter being hired back. You guys can go and check that out. We have our weekly storylines that we've been putting out uh, every week uh, that will catch you up on any of the storylines around the Tar Heel program that you may have missed. So uh, make sure that you guys are keeping an eye out for that. And then, of course, recruiting-wise, uh, we just had now. National Signing Day, so make sure that you guys go back and check out all of the coverage from Dante Balfour's commitment. Uh, we have a breakdown of his commitment, uh, what he means for this Tar Heel class as he is the final piece of a 19-person class, and uh, we officially turn our attention now to the 2022 class, another loaded class class. Uh, that the Tar Heels are hoping they can pluck from, uh, especially in the state of Virginia, which they have done so far. Three commitments in the class already, all from the state of Virginia. We're going to have you covered. Healtufflog.com. Make sure you head over to the website to check all of that coverage out. Also want to encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. When you rate re- and review the podcast, it helps move us up some of those rankings on the podcast website so that people that haven't found the podcast yet can find it uh, it also helps us because you know you guys are leaving some of those comments uh, where we can improve if we need to what you guys like about the show all those kind of things so that we can make sure we don't drop any of those elements uh, we really encourage you guys to do that and then when you subscribe to the podcast that's for you guys it goes right into your podcast library uh, you guys can uh, you know pull up you know your podcast library whenever there's a new edition it'll be right there ready for you to play the heel tough blog podcast also make sure that you like and follow the Facebook page. That's another way that you can listen uh, or watch whenever we get back to uh, doing some of the live shows for Facebook. Um, You you can check those out on on that Facebook page. That's also where you can find all of the articles that are posted on there uh, whenever they go uh, live. Initially, you guys can check that out on the Facebook page, Heel Tough Blog on facebook so that wraps up for this edition of the podcast want to thank devin jackson for stopping by with us want to thank you guys for watching and listening and as always go heels.